Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to the Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette, and joining me as usual and always is Joshua Gray. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here as usual and as always. <laughs> Happy to have you here, too. Joining us today, we have two brand new guests, which brand I'm new very guests. excited for. Yay. So, it, you know, we've got a lot of like people. recurring guests right, that we've had we over the last yeah. year, um, and we always appreciate having them on the show, but mm-hmm. it's good to have some new blood in here. And joining us today, we have Lisa Paoni and we have Bill Polis. And do you prefer Bill or William? Uh, Bill, please. Bill. Okay, perfect. We'll keep it uh, nice and nice and, and informal. 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 Here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't refer to you as Joshua, Lord Joshua Gray. You should though. I like the sound of that. That's great. Uh, so they are representing the M2VA program, which has kind of gone through a lot of different monikers in the three years that I've been here. But it's still the the same mission. It's the uh, the service that basically helps veterans who are recently separated from the military uh, get into the VA. So thank you both for joining us here today. We're happy to have you. And uh, Josh and I, just a brief backstory for those who haven't been regular listeners. Uh, Josh and I have both kind of recently separated from the military. Um, Josh retired, what, five years ago? 2016. Yeah. 2016. Yep. And I separated after 10 years. So I, you know, was halfway there. <laughs> so, which is good because it gives us, I guess, both different perspectives on leaving the service. Uh, but, you know, having you guys here, you guys are kind of like the, the welcome face for a lot of us post 9-11 veterans who are, who are joining the service. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that, that, makes what you guys do extremely important and, you know, kind of the uh, the, the welcome sign, I guess. So uh, thank you both for joining us. Tell us a little bit about what the mission of M2VA is. Well, part of it, I think what you mentioned, we want to be sort of the point of entry so that we can immediately um, start working with people who are new, new to the VA and sort of identify um, new veterans meet with them so that they have a point of contact who's going to be able to um, that they can call on should they have any questions or kind of to help them well first we we orient uh, new veterans to to the system and and provide an overview of like vba vha um, all of those things resources um, and we also usually help them get set up with um, initial appointments. If they have any problems getting appointments, we can help make that easier. But we want to just be sort of the entry point for the VA and provide veterans with a good experience coming in mm-hmm. and then um, keep uh, monitoring how things are going for those first few months um, to make sure that that they are getting what they need that if any problems come up, we can uh, help, you know, fix those problems or give them some guidance. Um, and then we also, uh, for for some people, they're gonna need like ongoing uh, help. So like kind of identify who might need um, some ongoing assistance and then we'll enroll them and just, just follow them as long as we need to. So. You know, when I left the military, you know, my first concern right away was finding a job. 
You know, that was my, my big thing. But, you know, I knew that I had things like the, the GI Bill, the post-9-11 GI Bill to, you know, to help me out with things. But, you know, I, I didn't really know, like, tangibly where to start with that. So how do you help veterans who, you know, maybe aren't, haven't even separated yet? They're, you know, it's, it's on their radar. Like, what's the first step for them to start becoming involved with, with the VA and with, with M2VA? Um, well, first of all, thank you for inviting us to talk. Um, and I, um, we've been with the program nine years, and I love how you uh, said we're the welcoming committee to the VA because I, I uh, think that is what we do. And we have um, we go to outreach events, so we go to the events where. Um, service members are out processing and that's the time when they're getting a lot of information but we want to make sure they know that we're here for them to get the health care they need and also the benefits that they need um, and we give our contact information and we're here to help every step of the way um, first step is helping get them enrolled um, and the easiest way to do that is um, if we're in an outreach event, we can take their information. Other than that, the, the easiest, most efficient way is to bring your DD-214 to your nearest VA. It can be the clinic, like I, I cover the Northwest Clinic. There's a case manager that covers every clinic and the hospital. So wherever is the most convenient location, we can help people um, in the area near where they live. So you both have a, a background in social work, correct? Yes. So does this tie in closely to I mean, case management and things like that? Uh, definitely. I mean, a big part of the program is case management, and we kind of have a whole health or holistic approach. We look at uh, veterans, all of the aspects of um, their needs and uh, their lives, and then kind of help them come up with a plan uh, to get the things that they need. And um, I'd like to talk a little bit about what um, Bill mentioned. So we are here to help people transitioning into the VA and, and successfully transition into civilian life. And then some people we need to have uh, ongoing case management with. A lot of the time, those people have a lot of complex health problems. So it might be traumatic brain injury, TBI, PTSD, both, uh, more. There are illnesses that happen um, based on deployments that are complicated, and um, it, there's a lot of navigation that needs to happen to make sure that um, they're getting the specialty care they need. Um, so those are some examples of when we might case manage someone. Uh, usually transitioning in would be about a year or so, but the people that have complex needs, we're going to case manage as long as we need to. When you mentioned earlier that you, you help people get through some of the problems of, of enrolling and, and, and entering VA care, what are some of those things that you hear most often from people that are just coming in going, man, I didn't know this, or I wish I'd have known that when, when they were as they come in, in transition into the VA system? Because the VA is a little bit different from how the DOD runs mm -hmm. things medically. Um, when, when I first meet people, it's kind of, I usually go over a lot of information and, uh, you know, we have a lot of things that we review. And um, again, benefits questions come up a lot. And, and that, because I think that's a little, that's pretty complicated for people, how the claims process works and how to to follow up on that but um we we kind of go over like everything like in a holistic kind of uh way and um 
bottom line is we're going to uh, help the veteran get all the information they need. But um, I always tell them you don't have to remember all of this. You're not going to be able to remember it. I've been doing this for 15 years, and it's extremely complicated to understand how all of these different parts of the VA work together. So, like, we are here as a team, and I'm here, so you can call me anytime if you have any questions about the things that I've gone over or if questions come up as you're dealing with um, your benefits or getting that care that you need. If you ever have any barriers, let me know. And I think we all do that. Um, I think on our team, we're lucky because it's interdisciplinary. We have a nurse to help if we need consultation about different medical needs and deciding like, oh, you know, what do we have to do? How urgent is it um, for a veteran? And, you know, he's connected to all of the um, the medical and behavioral health nurse folks. And um, then we have social workers and people who have a lot of behavioral health experience and um, understand how to work with people dealing with the issues of transition and medical and behavioral health issues that veterans are dealing with. Um, we have a scheduler who can directly schedule from our department for both um, medical and behavioral health appointments. Of course, everybody has to first have a primary care, so we can schedule primary care and behavioral health now. And we have also a patient advocate who is an Air Force veteran, 22 years in, uh, knows so much about how to navigate um, DOD, VBA, uh, VHA, everything. So we've kind of got this team that has, um, we all know certain things, mm-hmm. like have a, sort of a knowledge base that all of us have a general knowledge of certain things, but then we have different specialties or disciplines to deal with um, particular problems and we can staff those like when when we're trying like for a veteran who's having a particular issue we'll come together and figure out how we can help and then the other thing i want to stress is no like one person or one entity can resolve all the issues so we rely heavily on uh who is a subject matter expert like do you need to be going to a VSO and this person's going to be the one who can advocate for your claim he's going or can help you like fill out all the paperwork, do the documentation, um, referring people to voc rehab, referring people to employment resources. So the team kind of has, we, we give people um, coming in a packet that has uh, a list of resources, um, but we kind of come up with a treatment plan and smart goals to decide um, sort of what what specific referrals we're suggesting or what what specific contacts we're asking uh, or we think people would benefit from. So if I'm just out of, say, I put them, I got my DD-214 from Nellis Air Force Base and I'm driving across the, you know, driving up 15 and I stop at the VA hospital and I have no contacts here. I walk in, how do I get in touch with you guys? So we have a main number on the website and people can call and make an appointment and we can get people in pretty immediately. Mm -hmm. 
People can walk in, um, but we do usually use we do usually have appointments all day because we we're pretty busy team. People are um, usually pretty busy, so um, it's better to make an appointment. But if somebody was say coming here and enrolling in care. Um, we could help and maybe the patient, transition patient advocate could help with that, set up an appointment with a case manager. Um, and if we can, if like staff is available or I'm available, I will, I will meet with the person and just kind of get a quick assessment and then if follow, you know, follow up with an appointment. So you guys are more than just like a welcome sign. You guys are like tour guides too. You kind of give them like, okay, this is where we're going to like set you guys up to, to begin your care. I believe that it's really important to um, to help walk people through the process. So I wouldn't just say, okay, you need to go over to enrollment. I, because, you know, it just gets so overwhelming mm-hmm. for people um, and doesn't really make sense. And plus you never know like what, where the person is at with things. Like mm-hmm. maybe they have reasons where those kind of things might make it a little bit more complicated. So I'll walk somebody over. I'll make sure that someone, they get to the right place and somebody can help them. Um, sometimes if I think they need some help, I might stay. If otherwise I might say, okay, well, when you're done with this, um, you can come back to me and I'll help you through the next step. Or, you know, like I said, I, we can make an appointment with either our, um, one of the case managers or in some cases a transition uh, patient advocate. And I think it means a lot from somebody who's just leaving the military because a lot of times you're kind of walked through everything in the military. You know, when, <laughs> when you go to basic training, like, yeah, you have a daunting amount of paperwork you have to go through, but they pretty much do it for you. It's like they... All right, you stand in this line, you sign this. Okay, go go stand on that line over there. Even retiring, they go, here's your 25-page checklist. Here you go. And you just go through and click them all off and, and do it. It's, so, yeah, yeah like, like set you're, you're handheld through a bunch of stuff. So you know, if you're used to that throughout most of your adult yeah. life and then the first time you are set aside in front of this, you know, what seems like a daunting bureaucratic system, you know, having that kind of, of you know, I guess easement into – getting into the VA and that that means the world I mean I know when I first got here I thankfully started working at the VA so I had people kind of help me from experience but I know that if I had just gotten out and had you know gotten a civilian job I I I guarantee you I would have needed that now you say you know you used it in the example you're driving up you got your DD-214 with you you said the first thing that you do is DD-214 Vegas is a very transient town um, especially among some of the homeless population. And there's people that just aren't good with paperwork. You know, I've got 17 copies of my DD-214 laying around, both <laughs> digitally and physically, because I'm terrible with paperwork. So what happens if somebody comes in and they want to get enrolled in care, they've never done anything before, but they don't have a DD-214? I believe in some cases enrollment can uh has some access in in some cases where um, they might be able to enroll the person without um, a DD-214 because they might be able to pull the information needed. Um, Also, um, if they happen to be at the VA hospital, right down the hall from enrollment is a benefits office, and they can help a person get their DD-214 because that's the most important paper. You are going to need that. There might be ways to work around it, but without it, it's going to cause problems. The other thing I'd like to mention is even though over the years our team name has changed, um, we were 
uh, the TCM program for transition care management just this month, or last month, our name changed to post 9-11 M to VA, which stands for military to VA. Our phone number has stayed the same over the years. And the phone number is 702-224-6029. When you call that number and leave a message, someone will call you back. They will help you get with the case manager who's near where you live um, and who can help you get um, help as soon as possible. Thank you. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with Lisa and Bill. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. Millions plan for retirement online. Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. We show up differently, worship differently, and have found new ways to express our love and support to family and friends. But now there are vaccines and they are the first step that lets us get back into the things we miss most. Like spreading the word without spreading concern, girls tripping instead of solo sipping, brunching instead of late night munching, and talking smack with a side of mac and cheese. It's okay to have questions about COVID-19 vaccines. Should I get it? Should I wait? Is it safe? Can I trust it? What about pre-existing conditions? Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when COVID-19 vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to The Nine Line Podcast with John, Josh, and our guests today, Bill and Lisa. And they're here from the M2VA program. That's the transition program for post-9-11 veterans. What about uh, pre-9-11 veterans? Because that's me. You're, you're, I mean, you're, you're a 9-11 veteran. You're yeah. pre and post. Oh, okay. If you retired, <laughs> if you left the military post 9-11, you are considered a post 9-11 gotcha. veteran. Gotcha. So is your program, I mean, for somebody, maybe somebody, you know, got out before 9-11 and then they just, now they want VA care, do they still come to you? Luckily, we have primary care social workers at every clinic um, that cover all the pre-9-11 veterans. So one thing I, I learned just in the, the short period of time we had the commercial break um, that you guys actually have a really interesting screening process that it's not just the onus isn't just on the veteran to come to you guys for care or for post 9-11 specific care you guys actually reach out to veterans who don't necessarily seek you out first right Mm -hmm. so yes um as so some of the improvements in the program over the years like initially you guys actually to give you just a little timeline it was first i think in about 2008 the seamless transition then it became oif oef ond then Mm -hmm. it became tcm transition care management and then april uh, military to va um 
So over the years, I think we've really improved because it used to be we're focused only on people who were combat veterans. Now uh, we want to reach all post 9-11 veterans coming into care. So in order to do that, um, uh, a tool was a report was created, which is a tool for us that uh, sort of is a real time report of everybody coming into the hospital. So we're seeing um, as as people come in, we can see, OK, these are the names of people um, who are post 9-11 veterans and we are proactive. We like reach out. We have a series of questions to screen uh, to make sure that uh, they have their needs met, that they're getting the care that they need. And then um, we can resolve any issues that might come up or provide any guidance. Um, if it can't be resolved or they have issues that can't be resolved there, we'll make an appointment, have them come in and uh, provide case management and follow up until um, we can get things resolved it's, if it's more complicated. Most of the calls do have when we do call people, most most people have issues that mm -hmm. they identify, and often it has to do with um, benefits, um, questions, and not knowing um, how things like that work. But there's also things like um, they report uh, high high um, numbers of people with um, anxiety related to transition, and also um, you know PTSD and and uh, medical conditions that are pretty common um, when, you know, following service. So, so I'm really glad that we're able to do that. It's, it's extremely helpful and um, we continue to try to reach more and more so that we, we want to be able to reach all post 9-11 veterans. So we make sure they have a good point of contact an established welcoming person to talk to. Um, and we, we, we're continuing to make some other efforts like, uh, where behavioral health is going to um, is in the midst of creating a program called the Vital Program, which is an on-campus program, and we're hoping to have you know we're partnering with them to have an on on-campus presence. College to, campuses, yeah, on college campuses. Oh, great, okay. So that we can um, support, like they're going to be providing therapy. We'll we'll be there to help orient people to the VA, get them connected, and. Um, basically provide case management if necessary i know the rebel vets program with unlv has some really great stuff that they do right. with the va so yeah, that's outstanding that they're setting that up yeah. so you know we talk about like reaching out to veterans and things like that you know sometimes we we struggle with trying to reach some of our older veterans because you know they have a different method of communication you know like sometimes they don't have email that we can reach out to them or you know maybe they don't have a, a cell phone or something like that um you guys are dealing with a different generation, you know, I mean, Gen, Gen Z, Gen X, millennials, all the, you know, post 9-11, like, we may not answer the phone if we see a phone call from somebody that we don't recognize. Like, I I get three calls a day about my extended car insurance or car, car warranty. <laughs> if I, if I, at this point, it's like, if I don't know you, I'm not going to answer the right. phone. So how do you guys handle the outreach portion? Well, that presents challenges, and I think you're spot on with that because... In many cases, we're we get referrals from military treatment facilities to help set up care for active duty service members, and a lot of times they don't have voicemail set up. Yeah, <laughs> they don't check their voicemail. Um, it's a challenge because they would rather communicate through an email, mm -hmm. uh, which we can't send like uh, private information, of course, in like a, a normal email. Uh, we always encourage people to do. 
my healthy vet and secure messaging when they come in because I do think um, younger veterans are more up with the times as far as technology and and I think that they want an easy way to get to their providers. Um, we can't do text messages, but that's yeah. really how people. I mean, like we can't do just send them a text in general. Um, you can't just hit up their DMs on Instagram. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't really. You can't really do any like send any talk about any private information. No, um, it's very limited. So um, yeah, that can be a challenge. But we will. We have it so that we will reach out like three times, and then if we don't hear. Uh, from people, we often send a letter. I mean, that's kind of the the standard. But uh, then I don't know that a lot of people. <laughs> It'll probably you know, sit read there mail. on the <laughs> counter with all of the other letters, trying the fifteen <laughs> letters a day. I get to refinance my my mortgage, and, yes. right? Yeah. You know, God. my car's warranty and all that other other stuff. Yeah. Well, well the, luckily, uh, um, we get um, also referrals from uh, primary care, from mental health, and. Um, and, and also this report, the Post 9-11 report. So when I uh, call, hopefully someone does have a voicemail, and I just leave a very brief, uh, hi, I'm Lisa, I'm calling from the VA. Um, I hope you can call me back. This is my direct phone number. And if you can't call me back, I'm going to call you again this week. Um, and a lot of times I'll get called back that very same day. Um, one of the other things I like to mention for the post 9 veterans that I think has been really helpful is um, there was a silver lining with the pandemic that we started using more technology. So the video appointments, some people were hesitant about it, but now um, people are telling me, this is wonderful. Like I, I could, I would have had to cancel your appointment if I had to be in the office today because I didn't have a childcare for my kids or I had to, you know, work late or, um, I didn't feel that good, but we can talk by video. I'm sitting on my sofa, and I can see my kids are okay, so I can talk to you. Um, and that's one of the really nice things is we we actually I get to meet people's families and see their pets, and and I feel like um, even though some people thought video appointments would not be very personal, I, I feel like there's such there's so much more personal, and we get to connect and bond and, um, like you mentioned, walk them through the step by step process. Okay, what do you what do you need help with today in a holistic way? The VA we are focused on their whole health, not just their medical, their support system, their employment. Um, their finances, uh, that everything is as stable as possible. And that's, that's something I've heard from a number of people over the last year. Um, you know, we've, we've had some of our mental health care people on here, and they kind of expressed the same sentiment that, you know, having people thought at first that getting these VA Video Connect appointments, that there would be, it would be less personal and, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to really, like, express yourself. But quite the opposite like you said like you get to you get a glimpse into their life at home and maybe when they're in their comfort of their own home they're more willing to discuss that stuff so having you guys you know as social workers working in this program i mean that that really adds a, a different wrinkle to it rather than just being you know administrative you know so that's that's really great that you guys are able to do that um, do you see any stigma with any of the younger veterans as far as, as getting into the VA? Um, you know, our generation tends to not be as involved with veteran programs. Like the VFW, I'm sure the average age is over 50. You know, you don't see a lot of a lot of post 9/11 vets in those kinds of, of of groups like VFW, American Legion, things like that. Um, so, do you do you find that there's a little bit of a stigma or a little wall you have to break down? 
I, I do, um, especially we're dealing with veterans sometimes in their early 20s um, and through 40s is a general age. Um, and they are often not really wanting to be involved with the VA. How are you going to help me? You're bothering me. I have enough to do. Um, so we can explain that, you know, we're here to be part of their team and work with them with what, what are their needs? You know, what are they stressed about? How can we, you know, help? And can, and I know I just called you today unplanned. Can we schedule a phone appointment? Can we schedule a video appointment? And a lot of times after just getting to know them a little bit, um, we're not going to, we have people that don't want to go to mental health. There's stigma about that. There's stigma in society and then also in the military. So we don't push it. We'll talk to them about mental health needs. If they're saying, I don't want that, they get they get to choose as long as it's not a safety issue, of course. I think that, too, um, we do run into that quite a bit, and especially um, regarding mental health issues and there's a stigma attached definitely after being in the military and the PTSD stuff um but what would I think what I how and I think how most of us handle that is um if if a veteran is absolutely opposed to getting treatment um we we certainly respect where the person is at even if we would probably share that we think it might be beneficial mm -hmm. <laughs> or educate them on like what's available and how it might be beneficial. But if, if they decide they don't want it, um, we make sure that they know that, Hey, if you think about this and you want to come back later and I'm, I'm glad to help you with it, if you should change your mind. But also if I'm particularly concerned or if one of us is particularly concerned about somebody um, you know, we, again, you have to kind of be willing to meet people where they're, they're at and not push too much, but often, um, sort of similar to what you said, I'll, I'll say, Hey, um, is it okay if I just check in on you in uh, a month and just see how you're doing and see if anything's coming up. And if they're struggling, I might revisit it again, or I might ask them about it again. Um, because sometimes people do find that they'll need the help and uh and and you know eventually we can help them get in to what they need so what would you say to somebody who is you know mid-40s and they say hey i'm i'm retired i have my health care through tricare i'm not enrolled in the va uh because tricare meets the needs of not only myself but you know i've got a wife and kids and da 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 da, da. so you know the the VAs, I don't really feel that's necessary. What would, what would you say to somebody that's in that kind of a situation? They're not, yeah. they don't, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't have anything against the VA, but they don't feel necessarily the VA doesn't doesn't fit the their healthcare needs for everybody in their family. So they just go with Tricare or something like that, or private At insurance through events. a job or something like that. Yeah, what would you say? Yeah, to somebody I, we like hear that? that a lot. Outreach events and other places. So I will usually say. Um, it's great you have TRICARE and it's meeting your needs. Um, it's also helpful to you if you use the VA even just for primary care once a year that you check in with the VA because you might find that you prefer it, that you might have things that you um, do want to use it for once you're once you're starting to get um, access to it. And if you decide you only want to be seen once a year, um, that works too. I believe that there's some benefits that the VA offers that the TRICARE might not cover. Another potential reason why 
it would be helpful to come to the VA and be seen at the VA is that if a person has a claim in process, um, it helps build evidence to support the claim. Um, so VA care, I mean, they could potentially get the, the records from TRICARE, but it's a little bit more difficult. It's seamless for the VBA to pull records from VA. So that's a potential um, benefit of going to the VA for care too. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, just from my experience, you know, getting my my claims, I mean, I, I get my care here. So I, my doctor was good enough to take my records from mm-hmm. my military records and got that. It actually went very, very smoothly because right. you know they they took care of all of that yeah. directly through here. So yeah, I can I can definitely vouch yeah. for that system. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Bill and Lisa, for joining us today. That uh, pretty much wrap it, wrap it up for today. Um, this is very informative, and you know, since this is a, a topic that hits close to home for Josh and I, it was, it's a, it's been something we've wanted to, to touch on. So, um, look forward to uh, having you guys on again sometime. Could I emphasize one thing? Absolutely. Okay. So, I would just like to say that uh, I, I want to because a lot of times, you know, there's so much misperception about the VA and stuff like that. So I just have to talk about our team and the fact that everybody on our team, for people who are new and transitioning, I want everybody to know that we actually, um, almost all of us have some kind of connection to the DOD um, or like family members of veterans. We have several veterans on staff. So, and even if like for the few people who are not um, either family members or veterans definitely experience with DOD and VA. So we are like culturally competent and understand the needs of people who are transitioning because I think a lot of times they think that VA or when they're coming in, they don't, they, I mean, I think that we, we really focus on making sure they feel that we understand and we understand the process and can help guide them through. Um, So just wanted to make sure that people know that that's one of the things we focus on. And that's, uh, that's very helpful because like in any other position here at the VA, you know, having veterans helping veterans is Mm -hmm. something that definitely makes the, makes the world a difference. Thank you both for joining us again today. And Josh, thanks for hanging out with us as well. As always. <laughs> as always and usual. All right, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Las Vegas VA. Thanks for listening.